Today's deep dive is, of course, brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Cufflinks.com has a host of Game of Thrones products, and right now, if you use code GOT20, you can get 20% off any officially licensed Game of Thrones product. You got to check these out. These are high quality, wearable art. You hold them in your hand, you feel the weight. Yeah, just like if you were sitting on the Iron Throne, you can get a hand of the queen, hand of the kingpin. I love those. We give them out every week. Jenny just won one. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code GOT20. And while you're there, check out everything else they have. If you have an event coming up, go to cufflinks.com. They've got you covered. They don't only have the geeky stuff. Elevate your style. So go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Welcome back to Podcast Winterfell. My name is Axel, of course, and you can find out more about us at podcastwinterfell.com. We want to thank all of our new listeners and subscribers. We know there's a ton and we really appreciate you. Send feedback. Unfortunately, Mike and Tracy are no longer going to be able to do our feedback show. It's just a scheduling conflict. We love them both. They'll always be a part of the team, but I'm going to be taking over feedback. So send your feedback to podcastwinterfell at gmail.com by Friday each week, and I'm going to read it. Might do a YouTube thing, solo, don't know how to, wait, I just said solo, and he solos on the other line. Solo, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, buddy. I'm just, uh, I just got my soup and stew and my bread, and Davos is uh, pointing me, where, where do you want me to go, buddy? <laughs> What the crypt? I ain't going there. Anyway, All I'm right. fighting. Go down to the crypts because I just have one more thing to say. <laughs> okay. I got to go to the privy anyway. So. All right. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast Winterfell. We've been, uh, last night I was live tweeting the rewatch and I'm probably going to do that every week. That's a lot of fun. And I do want to take a time to thank our patrons really quick. Then we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. Laura, Robert, Brett, Aaron, James, Peter, Tarek, Matt, Dennis, Vernon, Sandra, Sandy, Joe, Jenny, Bill, Cindy, Derek, Amber, Brian, Beth, Scott, Andy, Rachel, Heath Santazo, Max, and Ben. Thank you so much for being patrons. We love you all. Be a patron at patreon.com slash DVR. Tons of exclusive podcasts. I'm actually sitting on a new film list from Heath Solo. Right, buddy? That's right. I did one uh, uh, three years ago, was it? No, no. It was a couple <laughs> a week or two ago. <laughs> Seems that way. Yeah. And I'm going to release that on the Patreon. So that's all I have to nice. say. Let's talk about the show. Solo, I'm so glad to be talking about this with you. It was such a character acting episode. Have at it, buddy. What did you think? Oh, man. Uh, okay, not counting, like, the penultimate finale episodes, like Hard Home, Battle of the Bastards, Blackwater, stuff like that, and maybe some finales. It might be one of my favorite episodes of all time. Wow. I... Yeah, I, you know, it's funny when you talk to people who don't podcast about the show or who are into it just as watchers. I was uh, working on a show yesterday and I was in the makeup trailer and I was talking to the makeup artist and the one guy, I had to keep my mouth shut because he's like, man, these first two episodes, I don't know, nothing happened. And I'm just like, bite your lip, Solo, bite your lip, <laughs> bite your lip. 
And then the other guy was like, oh, this last episode was really good. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he changes to him. But I, I, I didn't want to get into a big discussion because I didn't want him to add extra stuff on my face that I didn't want. But <laughs> And wait, and this so, also is a guy who is a professional television makeup artist. <laughs> yes, yes. So this isn't just who's, somebody. Who's outstanding. In, yeah, yeah, that work was He was incredible. unbelievable. So this is someone in the industry oh who has worked on shows like this. Yes. Um, no matter, you know, I'll, I will say this, no matter how amazing a job is, you'd be like, Oh my God, I'm working in the business. People still hate work sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and they, anyway, but uh, aside from that, yes, um, it was one of my favorite episodes. It, I'm glad we didn't get just 10 minutes of it. And then the big battle, we needed a whole episode because. I mean, chances are we're going to lose half these people. Who knows? We'll get into that later. Uh, but it was just moments that certain characters didn't have, like like Torment. Like he was able to, you know, steal the the scene, and and we got more of him, and it just really summed him up. Uh, and you were talking about the Jamie reactions to him. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like he sold it. It was just. Because you forget Jamie hasn't met a wildling before. Yeah. Like you mentioned on the IR. And so it was just, and you know, to see Tyrion with Pod giving him extra wine. People forget they hung out a lot back in the day. And Brienne's like, no, half a cup. I'm like, poor Pod. Um, you know, and just everything else, like the, the, the watchers on the wall, Davos, even Gilly, just everything that happened this episode, I was so into. And it just, I really enjoyed it. And I, and I have watched it twice. And man, I'm just so geared up. I was actually, Axel, very nervous throughout the episode. Because I know something bad's coming. I like literally was like watching an episode of 24 where I was just so nervous. And like, oh my God, this is could be the end of this person, the end of this person. So uh, I just, they really got me, man. They got me, and I enjoyed. The acting was superb, and, uh, oh, man, it, it, the episode. I mean, I have a couple of issues with it, but other than that, it, it, I literally love this episode. I'm not going to lie. Yep, and you know from listening to the initial reaction I did with Ken, I loved it too. I did a rewatch last night I was talking about, and I was kind of live-tweeting it, having some fun, and... um I was just amazed, man. I really think that, you know, the showrunners get a lot of crap. We know that. Um, like our good friend Donald, not a big fan, and he has high expectations, and I know people do, and I, I like that because this story, this is not just adapting, you know, um, you know, like some little YA book. You know, this isn't Hunger Games, right? This is Game of Thrones. These are fantastic this is literature right this is amazing stuff mm. so when ta when given that task people need to rise to the occasion and they haven't always risen to the occasion and we've talked about that but in this episode i saw the hallmarks of a team things that i notice in a show like better call saul right where things are so tight and beautiful and constructed and layered and this episode just had a, had such sequences of scenes 
that worked so well together, like the part where John um, is talking. Uh, I'm sorry, the part where um, Tormund and and Ed meet up with John again, and you have that great reunion, which reminded me of when I, I ran up on you in the Dharma jumpsuit outside the hotel <laughs> in San Diego, just ran yeah. up out of nowhere looking like a big redheaded fool. And then Tormund says they're coming. They're coming uh, by by uh, the first uh, light, and then John. Then it cuts to like a montage, and you see people preparing, and John's giving a war speech, and then that speech concludes with where John is actually speaking it at the War Council, and that's such an efficient use of time, right? And the montage was perfect. There's, they did that and the character stuff. I just, I, I, I liked it even better the second time. I don't know if it's one of my favorite episodes ever because it did feel like an, like a, almost like a eulogy before the death, you know? And so it was sad mm-hmm. in some ways. Uh, and I was nervous too, but I did love it, man. And it really, it just, it was, it was a lot of parts were very beautiful. And I like when Game of Thrones is beautiful and has emotions and isn't just who's dying, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like shows like Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad that are almost flawless. Unfortunately, they don't have to deal or fortunately, they don't have to deal with 40 characters yes, and big set pieces. And that's the difference. I mean, but you could still screw up a, a show that doesn't have that uh and they do it very efficiently uh and you know again not making excuses um <laughs> but it really felt like it really came together i mean it, it's come together through seven plus seasons don't get me wrong but like the dorn stuff there's been stuff we've been critical of that just didn't work for us not everything works but this episode just worked for me and it was like the perfect I mean, people call it a filler episode. I'm like, it's not a filler episode. It, it, you know, people need to to check the dictionary because it, it didn't it, it didn't just fill to to move along. It added yeah. it added so much to move along. And there's a difference between a, a episode like this and a filler episode, a Nikki and Paulo episode or something. So let's just get that out of the way. Oh, uh, Nikki and Paulo and and. Yeah. Speaking of beauty, though, man, you know, and I, and I think of you every time I see snow, but in the wayward tree, you know, the beautiful red of the leaves and the and the white of the snow, yeah. man, it looks so good. And I didn't realize until they showed in the first episode uh, the the um, kind of crane shot or whatever special effects shot overlooking Winterfell. Yes. I didn't realize the wayward tree was boxed in. Like, yes. I thought that was open to wildlings and oh, stuff. Oh, that's, you know what? I didn't realize that either. Yeah, because it's just that one werewood. So they have to kind of protect it, I guess. And over time, it's yeah. become more of a symbol of their ways, right? So I didn't know that either. But it makes sense because they've always talked about that as part of Winterfell, right? And these things mm-hmm. all exist. Like, I often forget. 
wherever they are, that they're in the confines of a big castle. I always have it in my mind that there's like a little town right outside the castle, but it's not like that. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. a big ass castle. And it's, yeah, it, I didn't, it's weird. You know, we didn't yeah, I didn't realize that either. Cause remember, uh, the one scene where, uh, uh, God, these names, uh, uh, shoot, who's the wildling that took Rick on, went on a tour? Um, oh, I remember. Had um, sex with Theon. <laughs> it? I, I know who you're talking about. I forget her name too, man. Yasha or Ara? No, I know that's his sister, but didn't they give her the yeah. other name? Was yeah. it because it was too close <laughs> they switched their names? Yeah, with not Yara, but it's like Asha or Osha yeah, yeah. or so Osha or something close, like that. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, like you know, you remember when she took Bran, like put a she put a knife to Bran, right? In a, or in like season two or something. Yes, in the woods. Okay, see, for some reason, I'm thinking the woods is right there near the werewolf tree. Though, that, well, see, that's that's why I think they purposefully did that, right? And that was a big yeah. part of this episode was giving us the lay of the land because we're going to have a battle. So, from yes, a production yes. aspect. They're sitting there and they're saying, well, look, we're, do we – how many intense flyover shots showing the whole battlefield can we do? If we give people a better sense coming in, then we'll be able to do that. And you, and like you said, it gave me a, like a new way of looking at Winterfell and a new way of kind of thinking about it because we don't live in castles – and I don't live near don't? a castle. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I thought you might have, Mister Hollywood. But well, I call myself. I call my place a castle, but it's not as big as Winterfell. <laughs> you have a throne, but that's like the Al Bundy throne. Yeah, um, that's used a lot too. Yeah, so I don't really. It's hard. So it it does help, I think, to constantly show it and give us that sense of space. So when somebody goes like, you know, like running off, we know. Oh, wait. If they're running off, there's a big lot of nothing between them and woods. Yeah. You know? So it, it kind of also shows the way Winterfell is really just there. There's no – it's not like these other things we've seen um, where there's like, you know, a mountain that protects it or water that protects it, right? It's just sitting mm -hmm. out there. It's a very easy target. Yeah, because we often only see like the courtyard in yeah. certain quarters, and and the way which we don't really, I don't, we haven't really seen a lot. So I'm like, man, chilling at Winterfell. Where does everyone go? And then you forget it's much bigger than yeah. what we've seen at times. So um, I, I want to get this out of the way. Uh, we had two scenes. The whole we're about to get like a big line or a big answer, and then the scene gets interrupted by a horn <laughs> or, you know, it's, it's someone's Theon showing up. They interrupted the Danny Sansa scene and the John and Danny scene. And I'll be honest, I, I didn't like that. Because uh, they did that, I think, at least once in the first episode. And I, I just, I, I know some people thought it was an effective way to, you know, to get some, some, get it out there, but unfinished. But that part just bothered me. I was just, it was, it did frustrate me this episode a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree solo. And I, I think it's a consequence of, um, I really am thinking of these two episodes as a block, 
You know that that's become increasingly popular in television now with these prestige shows of giving a director or a writer like two episodes in a row. And um, though the show's serialized, of course, and I think that's really, it happened in the last episode. It's happening in this episode. We still don't know how much Bran knows. People still don't know that Arya is a freaking awesome assassin that they should be kind of somehow integrating into their plans. There's a little bit of Three's Company-ish shit going on here. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like if they only sat in a room and talked, like we used to talk about Lost. If they only sat in a room and talked, this would all get solved. You can only do that for a certain amount of time. So I think that's just part of the tension building. No, it is. And I understand why they do it. And and the Danny John stuff, actually, that sort of worked because you don't want that thing resolved before the battle. It actually is effective if they at least they got the ball rolling and they know they have to talk about it. Yeah. And that's a big thing. So and then we can see that worked. Yeah, we can see them kind of solve it through action like we talk about. Like in battle, they le- they worked so well there, they can blah, blah, blah. They can get along later, you know? Yeah. So what I want to do is that, that Danny Sansa scene, uh, my observations from that, Axel, is I think they're both playing each other. <laughs> you know, as, as sincere as Danny felt, she didn't want to bring up who gets the North. Uh, Sansa was playing, oh, you know, I should have just greeted you and thanked you. But it's not on the surface what we see i don't believe is what is really going on and the thing is uh, with sansa think about her influences her role models uh cersei and littlefinger i believe sansa's turning into a littlefinger as much as we want to talk what she's been through and how she's overcome stuff, that's great. But think about how that would scar a young person. And think about the influences and think about what she had to do. She learned from Littlefinger to, you know, think ahead. And what she did to her and Arya did to Littlefinger, it just, and then Sansa doesn't seem, we saw a little bit of her, that little girl, like, oh, like, oh, my bestie, blah, blah, blah. But that, that was just a facade. And, I'm just scared that Sansa is going to become the new Littlefinger. But also, I was thinking during this, they're talking about, you know, women and how men don't, you know, women in power. I mean, what if, I I don't know if it would happen, but I almost thought Danny was like going to answer, why don't you become the hand to the queen and we both rule together? But it was just like a thought that went in my head, but... Go go into the little finger. Sansa becoming a little finger thing. I don't know if that would happen or she would do it, but just some thoughts out there for you. You know, Solo. I think you, that's an interesting idea, and I think that I don't know whether they have enough time to kind of develop um, more of the like political machinations that he did. But I mm-hmm. think that it is something to be thought that, you know, no character, all the characters in this thing are gray, you know, and people make mistakes. And uh, Sansa does not seem to really trust Danny. And I don't think she really trusts John. And no. I don't know that she has a lot. I, I kind of agree with her. That's why I kind of think that she's right in that case. But. 
she hasn't had that much time to have this power and people make mistakes. And one thing we've seen in this show is that almost as soon as someone gets power, they make a mistake and they have to learn from it. So I think you might not be wrong. I think we might be seeing something where, you know, maybe these machinations, like the little finger type machinations become more important to Sansa. But at this point, I don't know if I agree with you, but I think it's interesting. Okay, It's interesting though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not looking to be right. I'm just ob- observing. <laughs> no, but it, it seriously, it's it's just it's just I'm getting that sense from her because I'm trying to figure out like as a viewer where are these characters going, and I just I see it in her. Um, but one thing I will say, but then you see when she sees Theon, then you see that. I don't know that Sansa come out, yeah. the Sansa we used to know, you know, and so it's it's tough because I am, you know, and it could be that just Sansa does doesn't trust people she doesn't know, and I mean even John she knows John, but does she know John at this point? They've been apart from each other for a while. He's come back to life. I mean, there's so much going on. <laughs> He's with the Dragon Queen, so so in essence. You know, maybe maybe even Sansa's doing the Littlefinger thing, but she still has. I, she definitely has more heart than Littlefinger did. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell her down the you know down the river just yet. Um, but you know, who knows? This could be having both could make her even more stronger. But one thing, it's amazing the whole when Jamie came and Sansa and uh, John agreed to keep him there. And, you know, it looked like uh, Danny was undermined, the bad advice from Tyrion making her look bad, and then Theon showing up and not, and he kneeled to Danny, but it was more of, I want to fight for Sansa and Lady Winterfell. This is a far cry from the Misa days of yeah. Danny, and she's come to this foreign land, and she's not getting the love she thought just by saying, I'm your queen and I have dragons, and I'm sleeping with Jon Snow. Um, or whatever Targaryen. I don't know these Targaryen names get so confusing. I don't know who's who. Aegon. Aegon? Okay. Well, he gone. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, and you could see it in Danny. Like, I don't know if this is going to force her. Like, so no one's like loving her. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's got, that is bothering her. And, and that's why I think too, when Jorah gave her advice, he was acting like the hand of the king, uh, the queen. But with the little advice, she took it because even though he tried to betray her, I, she trusts him probably the most uh, next to John. But now we don't know with the whole John revelation. So I, I don't know what road Danny's going down. We got the thank God we got the battle because we need this and we need to see what's going on and that could change things. But I, the whole Danny thing. I'm conflicted again, like I said last podcast, whether I'm rooting for her, I am rooting for her, but at the same time, she just doesn't fit into the North. Yeah. And what, what, you know, so I'm just, ah, I'm torn. And I don't know how, and I really don't think she's just gonna give up the throne to John. Even if John, I wish John would have told her, like, listen, I don't want it. We don't have to tell anybody, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you. Heath, I really do. And I think that's a great point you make. We heard for so many seasons, 
when I get to Westeros, they're, they're waiting for me. You know, they'll be cheering in the streets. They're, they've been waiting for their queen to come back. They don't want this. Look at their, they're torn up by war. And she, mm-hmm. and, and then people had to tell her, hey, that's not really true. Nobody even remembers your ass, you know? And then yeah. she kind of had to, th- and then she had to have a lot of people tell her, well, you can't just conquer it. If you just burn Westeros, no one's going to follow you. And she's impatient about that. And then she gets there and she sees the reality, which is everybody was right. No, not only do people not not want her, they dislike her, they distrust her. It's becoming a big issue. She's walking around that castle, and now the only thing that she could cling to, right? The her only saving grace, you could see it in the scenes. When she would get stressed, she'd like look over at John. You know, it like think about that solo. We're married, guys. When you get down or when you're worried about something, just the 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 you know, just having your woman by your side, having the one you love by your side gives you solace and makes you feel comfortable sure. in an uncomfortable place. And you're absolutely right, man. She is even if she wasn't the mother of dragons, breaker of chains and walker through fire, just a normal human she would be in a very stressful situation right now, just visiting her boyfriend's crazy northern family. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, dude. And and who's to – look, they found out this information, and then they're just about to enter into battle. That's not maybe the smartest thing. You know, Brienne's telling Pod not to have a glass of wine, and here they're having like this real – it's like they tell you don't drive after an intense conversation. You know, you could get into an accident. You're yeah. stressed out. I mean, don't drive a dragon after an intense conversation, you know? Like, yeah. may, this might affect them. I, I, I hadn't thought of it, but now that you bring it up, I'm starting to get into what you said, the way you described it. And you're right. Not only is she is she scared, maybe, and alone for the first time in a long time and not feeling so worshipped, um, and maybe that's why she takes Jorah's advice so quickly, Right, because she's. I think so. Yeah, she's like seeking guidance. She's seeking attention or love or validation. Um, But who knows, dude? I don't because she ain't gonna get it from the Night King unless he turns her into the Night Queen, baby. And and also too, yeah. (laughs) And also too, in the war room when she basically gives Tyrion confirmation, "Hey, I need you." Beyond this, yeah, yeah. he get, she gives him a little confidence, mm-hmm. and it's almost feeling like she's finally her first step at adapting to be like, okay, I, instead of being, you know, stern, and it's kind of like dealing with millennials <laughs> instead of, you know, yelling at them or being like, hey, this is the way it is, by giving Tyrion a little <laughs> confidence and hey, I got your back right now, maybe that'll help turn Tyrion, and yeah. because. Because, you know, Tyrion's an outsider as well, and she took him on, and, you Good know, point. but Good he point. hasn't. So so that's a possibility, and hopefully that'll turn things for Tyrion as well. He's going through a dry spell. Uh, I got to believe his smarts will come back. Um, and speaking of Lannisters, man, how far have we come? <laughs> Jamie and uh, Tyrion at Winterfell, right? yeah. <laughs> with with Tywin looking over and be like, "We're gonna die fighting for the Starks." It's just something I did not expect in the series. Uh, 
and it, it's, I mean, later on you kind of do, but I mean, you know, when you first start them with their blonde hair and their Lannister ways, wow, what, what, what a change, especially as going through Jamie. But to see them at Winterfell talking, that, that was great. And then Jamie just staring at Brienne and, uh, it's just, wow, look how far we come, Axel. Yeah. And isn't it weird to see Jamie there? Oh, without it's a just doubt. weird. Like when they're at the war council, and um, and John says something. Uh, oh, Bill Brand says something, and then Jamie says like, "Well, then that leaves us vulnerable." And I'm like, "What that did Jamie? Je- what the hell is Jamie Lannister doing up in here?" I like, know. It just I, I was know. like, "What? Why are they even letting him talk?" And 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 then it's just like, "Wow, yeah, we have gone a far way." And I think that the whole trial with Jamie in the beginning of the episode was so quick and it made sense. And then it, they moved on. But in a lot of ways, it didn't make sense because Danny was sitting there complaining about how he killed her father. And yet her father killed uh, Ned Stark's dad and his brother in front of everybody before the war even started. Like there was just so much yeah. bullshit in that whole trial scene. That I couldn't figure out whether John was leaving because he he didn't want to tell his girlfriend he's the king, or because he was just like a, a teenager, like these adult, you know. I just thought, <laughs> but it was really Danny that was doing the BSing, and kind of Sansa cut through it and everything. And so I was glad they got Jamie into the fold, and I I liked it, but it just still weird. It wasn't until the amazing fireside chat scene. That I really felt like, oh, okay, like Brienne and Jamie's connection and then Brienne's connection to the other people, you know, to like Tormund, then Tormund to John. It's like Kevin Bacon thing. I all of a sudden <laughs> saw them coalesce into a unit and it was really beautiful, man. Yeah. And one thing I'll say about the the you know, the Jamie Lannister. I'm glad they started out with that because we had to get, I didn't need to see Bran bring him in or someone say, you know, take him prisoner and and all that. But one thing I did notice a lot of times in the, that council room or whatever you want to call it, you always have the peanut get. (laughs) What what are you laughing at? I'm still, dude, you just crack me up sometimes. I just imagined you, Dressed up in Winterfell, <laughs> going take him away from here. <laughs> like, I well, I'm sorry, dude. I, was, I apologize. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, just, I, I like that. Did, I like that. I like you thinking was a of me good like line that. delivery, dude. <laughs> like, that's just oh. really funny. Take him away from here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, notice the peanut gallery didn't say a word. Yes. they're always like, oh, mm-hmm. do that, oh, oh, shut up. Oh. Uh, the king of the and whatever Lady Mormont you say, did you address the call or whatever? I don't know the cause or whatever. I don't know what the hell she did said. You, the you didn't call. address the call. Yeah, you didn't read the cause. Uh, whatever. I don't know what she was saying there, but um, that's what she was saying. So, which which was I found weird because I expected more of like tomatoes thrown at Jamie or people like. I just I just yeah I, no. I, I wonder about that choice there. Yeah. No, that's true. That was a good point that um, I also thought someone from the North might say, you know, bring up something, your sister, did, you know, whatever. Or, but you know what the truth is? 
they did kind of deal with it well because the first, the way that Jamie answers Danny is by saying, yeah, I did it and I'll, I do it again. You know, yeah, I stand that, by that what turned, I did. Yeah. We've all done things in war. We've all done things for our families. And I thought that that was like, hold up. He's right. Everybody's not going to talk now. Like, I think if he hadn't come back with that in this sequence, if you were writing this out, you could you could see a, a way of it going the other way and them all airing their grievances. But... <laughs> He shot, he shot him down. And you know what though? That's why he's Jamie Lannister. He's not, that's the thing is he is more than a pretty face and he always has been more than a pretty face. He uses that as an excuse, right? And he takes advantage Mm -hmm. full well of his privilege. But the truth is he's incredibly smart. He's incredibly charismatic. He knows how to work with people and he knows how to control people. And he's a great tactician and fighter. So he actually is yeah. a very valuable asset to their team. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. A lot of them ha- didn't see the growth we saw as a viewer. <laughs> now, Brienne did. And right, that was yeah, basically us stepping up, up yeah, for yeah. him. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, had this happened in season three where he shows up for some reason, I'd be like, kill him. Now it's a different story. You know, so. Yeah, okay, course. one thing. Th- one thing that I found weird <laughs> was, okay, Podrick has become a better swordsman. Um, and, and we get the shot of him working with the, you know, people who aren't very good. And Brienne's smiling and Jamie's like, oh, he's come a long way. It looked weird to me. It didn't look like he was a good swordsman. He kind of looked like Johnny Galecki from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I think Wheeling a uh-huh. sword. Yeah, <coughs> excuse me, you make me laugh again. <laughs> yeah, Pod, um, he's a great singer, but I have to agree <laughs> that they maybe could have turned him around and put a wig on a stunt guy or something because yeah, just eh, it's not his thing, you know. But I, I thought it was kind of maybe that was even a part of it, and that's why when Brienne <laughs> is saying that she doesn't want to be a knight, and mm-hmm. and she looks over at Pod and she's embarrassed and she's also kind of hurt and she feels like she might have hurt him because he was training from her to be a knight and that she was almost disrespecting their relationship and their bond. And I think that maybe is, you know, I'm just saying maybe when they're shooting it and they're like, Hey, we want to make this look good. It's like, no, you know what? The truth is pod knows what he's talking about, but he's not deep. Maybe he's not the greatest. You know, he has other attributes. So, and he sang that song. So, you know what? He might be dying next episode, Heath Solo. Yeah, I got, and I, at the end, I want to go through who I think is going to die this week, next week. (laughs) uh, And why, and who's not going to die and why. I like it. Let's do it. I have something. Okay. But, um, yeah, the knighting of Brienne, I I got emotional there. Um, Oh, it was beautiful. her, Her wonderful reaction. That little grin, that little, well, not a grin, a smile, relief. It, it was just like, that just sums it up. And, and it was so great for Jamie to do that. And especially not knowing who's going to survive and whatnot. It was something that, that was the one gift Jamie could give Brienne. Like the best engagement gift or whatever, whatever gift, best birthday gift. That was because she, you know, like you said, she's playing it off, but she didn't want to be embarrassed. She didn't know that was coming. Yeah. 
She didn't want to be like, God, I wish I was a knight. Yeah. And Dorman, I would knight you ten times. And I'm like, yeah, you would. But it just, it was such a cool moment. And her, that reaction, I think someone put a gif, like after watching last night's Game of Thrones and a gif of uh, <laughs> that smile, it was just, yeah, ah, uh, was so Brienne. It was so Gwendolyn Christie. It just, it, you know, it's amazing. We talk about the Jamie looks, and I wish I could have seen the uh, Bran and Tyrion conversation because these actors, like I say, a lot of great acting is done by reacting. Yeah. And you could say so much by a look than a monologue at times. And this was like done to a T. I mean, you're dealing with some of the greatest crop of actors dissembled together. And wow. I mean, even Davos, when, when, when Tyrion asked him to sing, like, hey, you want, you know, you're going to sing? And he's like, you, what did he say? You, you'd wish a slow death or a quick death or something. <laughs> Dude, he's or whatever like, he's like, that Liam Cunningham is after Dude, he, doing the rewatch and this i i was i mean the whole rewatch of the series and then the rewatch here last night of this episode he is the reaction shot king i'm telling you this right now i guarantee you that in i know they shoot digital so i'm sure they have whole file folders just of liam cunningham reaction shots and whenever they are on set <laughs> and they are shooting a scene Watch the show. If Davos is in the room, he will get the first reaction shot. And it was this episode too. When Tormund does his great speech, he said, you know, at the end of the speech, he says, that's why I drank, I drank the teat for three months. Ha ha ha. And then he starts he drinking. Goes, How about that drink? <laughs> you know, whatever he says. <laughs> exactly. I I right. drink now. Uh, Tormund starts drinking. It pours all over himself. They cut to a reaction of every person. Right in the room, they go Brienne, Tyrion, Jamie, back to Tormund, back to Jamie, and then straight up mid shot Davos. I guess I'll have that drink now, and it's perfect. When Brienne <laughs> oh, is being knighted, the only reaction shot they show before hers is Davos looking like the proudest father or grandfather in the world and just so happy for her. And it's his reaction shot when John comes back alive. Davos reaction shot. This guy is the master, right. man. I love him. Yeah. <clears throat> and and Varys is another good one. Not as good as Davos. They do show, but he doesn't speak a lot, but they do show his reactions. It's kind of the same reaction sometimes. Yeah. Well, but yeah, he's, he, he, he's committed. Yeah. He's committed off screen. Like when you see him in the background, he is so committed as an actor. True. Even if he's not getting an extreme close-up, he's still given his reactions. I, I've noticed that as well with him. Oh, dude, that's exactly right. In the hallway, when Danny dresses down Tyrion, if you look yep. behind, the the face on Varys is amazing. He's like, oh, he's like shocked and sad for him and hurt for his friend. And it's just in one look. And that it's like you yep. say, so you got you to gotta act. When you're on stage, you got to act with your whole body. You got to project at the audience when you're on film you got to bring them in you got to get that the little twitch of your face can make a whole scene you know it's such subtlety mm -hmm. and they really pick it up and it's not just the actors too right it's the directors and the editors and knowing after a long time how to shoot it efficiently and how to get that and what what the actors are giving 
Uh, it's just who I remind, I remember too, Marjorie used to have great reaction shots. They would always mm. cut to her because she has such an expressive face. Uh, but just great stuff, man. And Solo, wouldn't you want to sit in that room at that fireside forever just hanging out with them? Oh, dude. Hell, I, I would love to just – and I'll ne- I never say this. I would love to be just an extra sitting with them. They just I'll do reaction shots. I don't have to say a word. It would just be, oh, my God. It would be like, yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> so th- I did notice um, – and, and this will lead to not a, I guess a theory, but a question for you. I noticed a quote off screen second time around. It's like still, there's still keep it open. There's still people coming from the countryside. So I'm like, is there new people arriving that we don't know, or is it just simply other banners have been called and people are strolling in? Okay. Or is it specific? That because that oh, I think that was that was before Tormund arrived, right? Okay. Okay. I think by was the it? yeah, they were like the last. I think that there were kind of people coming in, trickling in, like we saw the car Starks arrive last episode, or at least the car the um, lady of car Starkadom arrived. To remember the young woman, <laughs> and and then people were kind of arriving. But I think once Tormund and Ed arrived and Beric, they were like, okay, this is the last of it. Anybody, and they said, anyone who's not here is fighting for the dead now. Right. Because we thought we were going to see that Glover attack, but we didn't, but we assume. Yeah. Well, he said Danny they Glover's went around house. it. So, they, so Tormund said, they took House Glover. We had to go around them. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. You can use code DVR20 at any time, even when Game of Thrones is over, and get 20% off your order, no minimum, cufflinks.com they've got so much great stuff over there i'm always surprised the new belts i'm really digging those i'm a belt guy i like to have a nice belt you check out this beltology that they've got and they've got tons of game of thrones products go to cufflinks.com slash dvr today taking a little extra ad break to talk to you about our patreon Come be a patron. Support the podcast. For as little as $3 a month, you get, I think we have almost 100 exclusive podcasts already on the Patreon in like a little over a year. All the daily DVRs. We've got film lists. I love to just grab my phone and sometimes do a little spot podcast and talk about a show, a movie, even Game of Thrones or what's happening on the podcast. What we're doing is building a community. We've got a lot of great people. Some have been with us since the Lost Days, since 2008. Some of them are brand new, but we're all together sharing what we love, talking about TV, film, what's going on in the world. We just like to have these kind of discussions and form a community on our Patreon, and that's what I'm trying to do. So head over to patreon.com slash DVR and join us today. You'll get so much stuff. You'll get ad-free podcasts, extra exclusive podcasts, a say in what we podcast about, Man, I can't tell you the number of ways that this show has changed from suggestions that people have given me. And it's not just like, do this. It's like, hey, talk a little bit more about that. Or I like this kind of movie or something like that. And with Daily DVR, which I'm doing three days a week for free, you get two shows every week that are Patreon only, Patreon exclusive. And I talk about a whole host of stuff on there. So do us a favor. Head on over to patreon.com slash DVR. 
Give it a try. Support the pod. Now back to Heath and I. So Glover, you, but the moral of the story is Glover's gone. Yeah. Either, no, we didn't see it. Their history. Yeah. They're marching with the dead now. So uh, in a lot of these big battles where they're outnumbered, there has been a tendency to get rescued by some other troops. <laughs> you know, like the, 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 the Erie came in and Littlefinger brought everyone in and then Stannis' army. And I'm hoping this doesn't happen, but is it possible we're going to see Melis- Melisandre bring in people from, I want to just say Artesia. Now, where the hell is she at? Volantis or Valeria or the Ice, the uh, Stoneman? I don't know. Um, is that going to happen, or do you think Melisandre, if she does come back, which I think she will, will be more towards King's Landing, or is she going to surprise us next week? Well, you know, there's a lot of theories going around. We actually got a oh, there is. yeah, we got a great email from a guy named John that I'm going to talk about during the feedback. What's up, John? Thanks for writing. Um, what up, John? And, and there's. You know, I mean, that seems to be what people are saying. They think it's going to be Melisandre. I heard somebody said that um, New uh, Numeria, Numeria, <laughs> that freaking wire. Yeah. wire. <laughs> <coughs> I'm trying to make Numeria. Cool. It's going to come with the wolves, uh, you know, the big pack, or this person's going to come or that person's going to come. I mean, I don't know. They've done that like six times before. I know. Uh, so they Blackwater might, happened yeah. with Ty Wynn's army, you know, so. They might be setting us up here solo that it's not going to happen. You want to know what I, I think hope, if we yeah. jump ahead? Yeah. I think they're going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that it's going to be a run from almost within moments. It's going to be how the hell do we get out of here? We never should have even thought we could fight them and i don't so you really go ahead oh i'm sorry no so you like it makes a lot of sense because i don't know how they can defeat them they're getting ready but so with i mean i hate to say this but with three episodes left after this you really think there's going to be more white walker stuff yeah yeah okay i i know a lot of people are on this tip that they're going to defeat the White Walkers and the next three episodes are going to be about Cersei. I do not agree at all. The White okay. Walkers are, how the heck, you can't defeat them. I keep on saying this and I just like, oh, she's got, dra- who cares? She had three dragons. They already took out a third of her dragons and, and everybody they kill becomes a White Walker. I just don't see how they're going to defeat them. And I know they say, well, it's so easy because you cut off the head of the snake, but that's a pretty dangerous head of a snake. You know, you, you, I just, I think they're going to get destroyed, man. I think that the, they're going to be, I think maybe the second to last episode, the penultimate episode and the last episode we kind is about what happened after and Cersei or whatever, but they might be fighting the Night King until the last 10 minutes of this show. Hmm. Okay, that's possible. I just, I just gotta have hope because we have two dragons. Yeah, I, I don't have. Do you really? I mean, honestly, do you really think that they can defeat? How do you think they can do it? Get Donald, 
as bait. Have Theon guard him. Um, no, uh, I, I, I mean, I just, I believe, I don't know if the brand baiting thing will work. How, how would they defeat him? Could they kill the Night King this episode? Uh, I, I, I just, I guess, I, I'm always, no matter if we're outnumbered, I believe we can win. Um, yeah. I just, I, I, I do believe they can kill the Night. I think if the dragons come together and they knock them off, the frickin', uh, the ice dragon, they kill their brother, and then the, uh, the ice, he's there with John, but then every survivor circles the Night King and they, they just work together and defeat him. And I, I, I believe they can do it, but it wouldn't surprise me if, it's a retreat thing, like you said. So, I don't know, man. People are downplaying um, the White Walkers and the Night King because the last time we saw a battle was when Danny rescued them and they took her dragon, but they just sat there for a day or so or two days, however long it took Gendry to run the length of uh, – 50,000 miles and they seemed kind of weak. And I think that that was a ploy to get the dragon. I think we, we are forgetting what hard home was like where they were utterly ransacked and destroyed. And that was against wildlings who probably were better fighters. I think, you know, I know they've got all this dragon glass and all that, but I just, and I know they were taken totally by surprise. Okay. You got me. But just the way they fought that that wave of dead falling over the cliff, I don't know, man. I just think this is going right. to be destruction. I got my counter for you. Okay. It's probably stupid and ridiculous, and I'm not saying it, so just to say it, it's incomplete, but yet it's just a gut feeling I have. I call it the Jon Snow water theory. And I don't know, and only because of one part, but it makes no sense. Well, Hardhome was at water. So I keep going back to Hardhome. I keep going back to the Night King raising his arms to, and taunting John and everyone rising. So that, that is such a big moment in Game of Thrones show history that I have a feeling it's going to go the other way. And bear with me for a second. Last season in the penultimate episode, remember when John is fighting whites and he goes underwater and then all of a sudden he just pops back up and then, you know, he goes to Winterfell or whatever after that. Um, I almost think something happened under there and whether he was brought back to light, uh, life by the Lord of Light without saying anything, I, I don't know. I just felt that was just a... I just felt like it wasn't just, oh, he went underwater. Oh, he's fine. I feel like something happened under there, and I'm not quite sure. I just have this gut-feeling vision that we think they're going to get slaughtered and defeated. Well, they will be getting slaughtered, but defeated. And somehow, John is able to, through Lord of Light powers, resurrect maybe some, some of his compadres that are dead around him when we think the Night King's about to kill him. And the Night King's like, holy crap. I just, I know it sounds stupid. I just, I just have this feeling the companion piece of Hardhome's going to happen in John's favor. You know what, Solo? 
Before we started this podcast, I said, I was listening to the last podcast and I talked too much. And I think I'm right because that is brilliant. I, I, oh, oh, really? <laughs> I, I love that, dude, because I never, I don't know if it's going to happen, but the idea yeah, yeah. that John or that we've seen so much, all these powers from Danny, powers from John, that they have unlocked like X-Men potential. You know what I mean? That they mm-hmm. have yet to unlock that second level and become, you know, Super John or Super Danny has never occurred to me. And yet that is a continuing theme of superhero movies, of ancient stories, that in the heat of a battle, the hero unlocks an energy, a power, a connection that we have not yet even conceived of them being able to achieve. And I actually think that that maybe it's not the power to raise the dead or something like that, but you're right. Maybe that it's already there instead of the savior coming from outside. This time it's going to come from inside. We just don't know it yet. And honestly, I, okay. You know, you make, you make my theory sound better. Thank you. (laughs) Once I give you these tidbits and then you are able to (laughs) cultivate it. You're like a chef, top chef. Uh, I just, I haven't heard this anywhere. I don't read spoilers. Even a, the couple of podcasts I do listen to didn't hear this theory. I just, for some reason, DJ Timmy Hines doing the gif of the Knights King on Twitter, raising, and that, that's been in my mind. And it was such a monumental episode, a, a, a monumental moment. I just, oh, this whole Lord of Light thing, it just feels like something like that could happen. Dude. And John may not even realize it. Dude, I'm writing this in my head, okay? <laughs> the battle is raging. Melisandre does arrive, but guess what? It doesn't help that much. They're defeated very quickly, too. She comes to John's side. They're fighting together. They go, they're, they're like hiding or something like that. And she turns to John and she says, I have been to another land. I now know the power that you hold when I brought you back. I didn't just give you life. I gave you the power of all life. And John says, what? And she says, raise the dead. Do it. And he says, I can't do that. I'm Jon Snow. And she says, <laughs> you can do it, Jon Snow. Look into my eyes. I'm Melisandra. If I take this off, I'm an old lady. But now I look very beautiful. And he says, I'll do it. Oh, my God. I got to stop my put, put away my emo albums and be strong. I'm going to do it. And then, he, and then you get a, and then you and then he just steps out. And the dead start attacking him and he just puts his arms up and they can't even touch him. And they're just exploding against his body into ice as he raises his arms like the Night King and the dead rise and start fighting against the dead. And we're like, what the hell just happened? And Heath Solo has blown our minds and we just got hired to write (laughs) for the prequel of Game of Thrones Solo. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Oh my God, my Wait. heart is beating! Wow, my, mine too. I, I <laughs> we're probably me. totally wrong, but you know what? It's fun. Oh That's why God. I like inspired me. Dude. What I learned from you in the lost days theories and everything. I just, you know, 
we didn't have the luxury or the time to read all the books and kind of go into book lore and really be a heavy part of the book reader community. We, we only have the show, um, and, you know, and some things that we've heard from the books and stuff, but you know, we, we haven't been in the trenches reading the pages, but this is from the show. It's just like something like this. I'm, you know, cause Think about all the people out there. You, th- you would think everyone has some sort of theory, and someone might be like, "I thought of that too," <laughs> um, you know, which is which is fine. I mean, I, I'm not saying we're the only people to think of things, but it just this kind of just has been st- that hard home thing, man, has been stuck in my mind, bro. Yeah, yeah, it really has, and I just see like they're about to get defeated, and something's gotta happen, yeah. or. It, it, that may happen later. Who knows? That may not happen next week. If they retreat and stuff, then maybe Melisandre shows up later and maybe that's how they defeat the Night King at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a possibility too. So, well, I'll say I, this. I'll say this, Solo. I don't know that any of that crazy shit is going to happen that I described, but it was fun and I feel like writing some fanfic when we stop, but. <laughs> or or fa- do people write fan scripts? Because I wouldn't write fanfic. I'd write a script. But yeah, one like thing is this. We've seen Danny twice or three times enter at a fire as a triumphant, uh, you know, mutant power god. We've seen the Night King do it. But our hero, Jon Snow, we've actually seen almost crushed to death at the Battle of the Bastards. <laughs> Run away from hard home, almost drowned in his escape and not get on the dragon north of the wall like you described. He's never had that triumphant, I am the powerful one. So if if this battle begins by him being interrupted about what it means for him to be king, it would be super meaningful if he becomes the king in this battle, he doesn't tell us, he shows us. Right. We shall see. We shall see, brother. Oof. That was podcast Winifa right there. Oof. I got some chills. Uh, I got just a couple more things, Axel, before we get into death. Okay, cool. And life. Um. So yeah, so uh, I mean, the moment when the horn blows, John looks to Danny. Uh, it was almost like I think to get the dragons ready or whatever, and she they dart off. Um, so I, I gotta believe, and I'm hoping there's battle plans that we haven't seen. Like we saw a portion of the war room, we see them making, you know, things around the castle for the battle. But I'm hoping there is something, some strategy in there that we maybe haven't. I mean, usually there is. Um, but I'm hoping there's something that they didn't show us everything. Um, so just, just, just a little note on that. Watch for, I think we should watch for that. There's gotta be yeah. something in there. Um, and one thing I will say, this is one question I have for you as well. Um, now that Jamie is going to be under Brienne's command, do you think that will hurt her during the battle? with the affection she has for him and maybe even vice versa. He's got one hand. Is she going to have to overcompensate to help him out? Cause she doesn't want him killed. Is Jamie going to do something to protect Brienne? I just wonder if that could be an issue uh, during the battle. 
that I, I think it will be, dude. I think it's going to be an issue not only for Jamie and Brienne, but it's going to be an issue for Grey Worm thinking about Masande. It's going to be an issue for right. Tyrion thinking about his brother. It's going to be an issue for John looking at his poor brother in a wheelchair staring off into space uh, while the Night King is trying to get him and Wienerless Theon is trying to protect him. That Was that not the funniest thing in the world where they're like, who's going to protect the memory of the entire world? How about Theon, the guy who only did one thing, rescue his sister off a boat, and it took three minutes? Yeah. <laughs> and then John is like, yeah, no, how about the dragons are over there too? <laughs> and then everyone's like, yeah, okay, good, good job, John. I didn't want to say anything, you know, Theon. Um, but Oh, uh, did John say that? Yes. Did John say yes, that? Yes, he did. He oh, okay. Yeah. All right, because I was like, I was about to like, yeah, that was yeah. one other thing. I didn't, I'm like, I understand why. Theon's going there because he's going to get killed. <laughs> I mean, I really believe that in, in saving Bran, which would make sense to his arc. But it's just okay because it's like, yeah, we can't have Bran die. <laughs> if he dies, we could be screwed. Yeah, um, that's an interesting thing. And I actually had an idea about that, if I may share it with Ooh. you, Solo. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I would love you to share because I'm just thinking if the internet goes down, I just thought humanity could still function, but <laughs> true. That's go true. for it. <laughs> okay. I think that the idea that they proposed at this um, war council that Sam, that Sam kind of eloquently like explained, you know, and Bran agreed, you know, I'm the memory of the world. The Night King wants to destroy me because when he destroys me, he destroys man. I don't think that's true. And when Sam, okay. when Sam said, death is having no memory, I don't think that's true either. I think they're wrong. And I think that they're going to find out that the memory of the world has to die. And that in order for the Night King to die, Bran has to die. This is like a Harry Potter thing. Spoiler alert. Bran, oh, in order to... I don't know Harry Potter. Oh, well, then I didn't spoil you. <laughs> I just in, got spoiled on Harry Potter. That's okay. In order to... Not really, though. Trickery, I'm not going to go any further. Um, okay. <laughs> in order to be reborn, you have to die. They're attached to life. They're attached to their history. They have to unattach themselves from this. They have to be totally open and ready to accept something new, different, scary, and unknown. So... I think that that is going to be looked at as kind of a landmark conversation that they'll return to as a theme and one that I think they'll discover. And maybe it's Bran that's going to discover that he does have to die and that the memory of what has come before should be forgotten in order for the cycle to renew itself, a la the Matrix and all that. Now, I'm not saying that's what the whole story is going to be, but I think that is going to be a theme of the story because to me it makes sense because there was such, um, like I said, there was such attachment in that scene. We have to stay alive. We have to keep what we have. But a lot of this show is about letting go and acceptance and that's the way I see the story going. Oh, dude, I love it. And what if about our theory with John unleashing his power? What if Bran actually does get killed and that's what sends him into like a emotional rage and his power comes out? Wow. 
How many people are going to be so pissed off when Bran gets killed and all the people are going to be like, <laughs> we're not going to get any more visions. Shit. And then John starts wow. having them. You know? Yeah. Because that's what I think, like, this system of the three-eyed raven and the Night King has to end. Has The wheel really has to break. But I don't think that means the end of magic and the end of all of this. I think it means the acceptance of it. That they have to learn that mm. in this world, humans, magic... You know, dragon rider, children, they're all living things. They're all part of the same system and that that kind of werewood system or whatever. And in order for it to be in balance, they just have to be a part of it and and stop fighting it and seeing it as a, a duality, as good and bad, and see that it's really just is. It just exists. And I think that John wow. or someone else maybe could be the key to that. Maybe it is Bran of holding that together in in a good way, in a balanced way, and a, and a, a harmonious and loving way. Wow, dude, I couldn't have said it better myself. Not even close. I like it. Thanks, buddy. Axel Foley. This is a great story, and I think George is trying to teach us something. And even Dan and Dave, and they're, and they're you know, you know yeah. how it is. Solo, you work in the industry. People say, oh, it's all about money and this and fame and all that. But no, it's about stories and love and why we tell these stories as people. It's about our history. You know, this is our Ulysses. This is our Shakespeare, right? Yeah, I mean, the money and the comfort. Comf- you know, having a comfortable life is great because it, it 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 then allows you to do so many things without having to worry yeah. about other stuff and be free. You know, and, and that's kind of the trade off. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, you get people who don't make money who are amazingly creative and and can do amazing things, but then just having that that assurance even enhances stuff. But um, so um. Sam killing White Walkers, lover or ladies, if I didn't have to see any more signs that the world was going to end or whatever the line is. That was Ed. That was brilliant. <laughs> I love that. And I stole some books. That was just nice to see the three of them. You know, I didn't notice uh, Ghost, Ghost was there until the second rewatch. No. I had no idea. Well, nobody even. And it's Ghost, right? It, yeah, it's Ghost. They didn't, they, just, they didn't even pay attention. No one even pet him. Like Ed comes up yeah. and doesn't even look at him. So I think they shot that scene and added Ghost in after. They didn't even tell the actors Ghost is standing I behind you. you. Oh, that's interesting. They just added I it. I bet in. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, to touch upon your girl, Aria, um, I, her reaction, it was quick, but that's right. She didn't know Gendry was Robert's bastard, right? No. Because she reacts like, oh, you are? Yeah. I found that very interesting. Well, it was interesting because remember their dynamic was highborn, lowborn. Right, right. So he's actually higher born than her. You know what I mean? And and it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, not really because he's a bastard, and he. So I know the the deal, people. But in a sense, <laughs> you know, he had that connection. All right, so let's do this Deadpool man. Now I'm going to remain neutral. Because Guest of Throne, the guys from Guest of Throne are going to come on our show, hopefully on Monday when we get the YouTube thing going together. Or whatever we do, we're going to have a show. And they're going to be there. And they're going to talk about who lived and died with DJ Tim Hines. And I think I'm going to join too. And Oh, cool. 
I am going to be a neutral party. I'm going to help them decide if they're having trouble, if someone's alive, dead, if we don't see it, what happened. But a white is dead. You're alive. You're alive. If you're anything other than alive, you're dead. I like that. So this is the way that we're going to talk about it right now with us. And I want to hear what Heath has to say, though. Again, I'm and I'm partially neutral because I kind of never know. I have feelings. I've discussed it already. I think, oh, that person might die. Oh, Tormund was way too funny. He's going to die. But I'm not totally sure he's going to. I'm not willing to bet on it yet. So I just want to hear what you have to say. And like last week where you put me in front of a Senate hearing and a committee and asked me questions, <laughs> I am now the judge and you, and you are the lawyer and you are going to have to convince me solo. Why do they live? Why do they die? All right, your honor. I mean, I'm telling you, they may just blow our minds, the jury, and not kill many people, which would be great. But then I think a lot of people might complain. <laughs> So, okay. So I think a lot of these, if deaths are going to happen, I believe they're going to come in pairs, meaning not two at a time dying. One will die, one will survive. Like, for example, Grey Grey Worm and Masande. I think Grey Grey Worm's done, Masande lives. Okay. Okay. I just think their whole plan, the whole Grey Worm, I have something, the fear of something to fight for. Masande, I think that's going to affect him. So Grey Worm's done. Oh. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I, I hate to tell you this. Uh, Gendry, Gendry, and Arya, I think Gendry is gone. Oh, <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry for the cough, Your, your Honor. But um, I just think it's come full circle with them. They had their moment. And unfortunately, with Gendry saying, oh, yeah, no, I fought a few of them. Yeah, the White Walkers and stuff, and it's just kind of like, oh, no, <laughs> I've been death. in battle. You're done. You're done. No. Okay. Uh, sorry, Brienne and Jamie. Um, I think one of them do have to go. I hope not. This is the one I I really hoping they both survive, but I think Jamie has still unfinished business with Cersei. I still think my theory she's gonna he's gonna go what you do for love and push her out the window when he finds out she's not pregnant, and. Uh, <laughs> And I think Brienne, unfortunately, as in, dies as a knight. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that, that's your analysis as a judge. Well, my analysis yeah. as the judge well, Rain is, Man? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not disagreeing with you yet, Solo, so I'm sad. So the judge is sad, but agreeing with you. I have not yet okay. uh, done that thing. What do they say? Sustained. No, that's when they let it go. No, proceed, counsel. Yeah. I think... Uh, you know, as we've been talking about the John hero theory of him getting powers, I, I, I almost wonder if also Barrick dying would, I don't know if they'd be in the same scene and that would happen. In the Game of Thrones pool, I picked him, Barrick Dundarian, as the first major character to die. So I think he's gone. Done. Okay. I just think it's time. I think it's time. John's got to take over. As the the main Lord of Light, the king, the hero, the everything, and I think Barrick is officially done. That's probably my lock of the week. Barrick's dying. Podrick, Johnny Galicki, uh, Big Bang Theory. Bye bye. 
you sang great, but you're you're done. I think it's time. He's a good fighter, but not a great fighter. And I just unfortunately think Podrick Payne is done. I think our boy Ed has had some good moments. I like him with his beard and everything. But I think Ed is dead. Ed's dead, baby. Ed's dead. <laughs> Ed's dead. Don't, 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 don't. fiction. Okay. Tormund, I'm still confused. I want him to survive. If all my dying people are correct, I just think it might be too much to kill him. Um, so I'm not. I'm gonna say he survives. Oh, good. Okay, I'm gonna say Tormund survives. I I all believe right. on my pool. I did not pick him to die. I think as much as it points to him dying, I think. He's going to see Brienne get killed, go crazy, and just take out a bunch of people and not die. All right. Theon, done. Protecting Bran, he's done. Theon is gone. Theon, bye-bye. And Bran. It'd be amazing. Okay, it would be amazing if he died. But the whole thing we're talking about, you know, him, the Night King's coming after him. Uh... I'm on the fence still about Bran. He, I think it's a 60-40 he could go. Uh, I just think when they retreat, how are they going to wheel him in retreat? Um, I guess carry him. Uh, I just think Bran's coming to an end. I don't know if it's this episode. Um, I had all Starks surviving, but Bran technically isn't a Stark right now. Yep. He's Three-Eyed Raven. So... I'm going to hold off on Bran, 60-40, die, but I'm not going to commit to it. Tyrion, still work to be done. Jon, there's no way he's dying this episode. If he is, then I'd be shocked. Danny, I think a Danny death would be like a one death in an episode. I don't think she would die with a bunch of other people. I think that death would be so powerful if Danny did die. So I think that would be later, towards the end of the season, if she does die. Uh, I don't think she will. I mean, we talked about the theory of the Ice Queen, the Ice King, and, you know, I had John and Danny becoming whites, um, which is more of a crackpot theory. I don't know if, you know, I'm, but Danny as the Ice Queen would be, ah, uh, it'd be incredible. Um, it would piss off a lot of people at the same time. I think it would be good for the show. So, Danny, Danny will survive this episode. Um, cause I, I, I did think I had her dying in the pool, but not in this episode. Uh, Davos is going to survive to the end. I just feel Davos is hand of the king material. He's just too good for us to lose, which means they'll probably kill him. But I think Davos survives. Anyone else that you want me to predict? No, I think if you have a feeling about him, you I mean, there's 150,000 characters solo. We only have so much time. <laughs> no, I think that's um, good for now. I Enough death. Um, now, it seems like a lot, and I think we're all geared up for a lot. I'm hoping it's not a lot. Uh, that, I, I mean, safe to say it would be like three or four non-major characters and maybe one major character dies. But they may add it up because there is, after this, only three more episodes. I just try to think long term in the Cersei thing. If I, 
I still think there's unfinished business, so some people can't die, but who knows what Dan and Dave uh, are going to do and what's going to happen. If the, if it's a retreat, there may be a lot of deaths, hmm. and then we don't have too many till maybe the end of the show. Uh, but I don't know. I, 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 this is, I, I don't know, Axel. This is my gut feelings, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised about it. But at the same time, you know, I'm hoping that not many people die. Of course. Yeah, I think that you make a good case. And traditionally in stories, it's these B characters, exactly like you said, the the lesser of a pair uh, that dies. And then it's one greater of the pair that dies, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of the premier death. So in this case, you might be talking uh, Jamie and Brienne are kind of even, so Brienne would be huge, at, you know? Yeah. Uh, the other people, yeah. you know, Podrick, Ed, Tormund, Gendry, Barrick, Grey Worm, they're B characters, let's be honest. Yeah. If they die, they're safe. Eh, you know, yeah. it's not going to make a big deal, and if they live, it's not going to be a big deal. Uh, I mean, uh, no offense to people who love them or whatever, but let's be honest, it's not going to affect the story. Um and even Brienne dying is not really going to affect our, it's real, you know, we're looking at John, Danny, uh, Bran, people who are really going to affect the battle or something. So I like what you have to say. Now, I want to propose one thing, and we got it, got into it a little bit on the Twitter about this theory I heard on History of Westeros. It's a fun one, and it, it does have basis in the show. Most recently, when Jamie took the Lannister forces um, and took over the Tyrells and killed the Queen of Thorns by tricking Tyrion and splitting the forces who they thought he was going to uh, their ancestral home, the Lannister headquarters. And instead, mm-hmm. they split the forces. So um, the theory was that the Night King just takes a dragon, kills people on the way, kills people at King's Landing, raises his army, and takes King King's Landing while Craster's sons, all hundred of them that we saw lined up there, and by the way, one of them had a man bun, Look at it again. It's there. He has a man bun, uh, a White Walker <laughs> man bun. Um, well, there you, you go. You see those a lot in Burbank, right, Solo? Say that again? You see a lot of man buns in Burbank, don't you? Not as much as you'd think. Oh, okay. More, more, they're more beach. More beachy. Area. More beachy. Beach. Okay. Yeah. All right. uh, beachy. I mean, you got some. You get some. Yeah. You right. get some. Um, so <laughs> I'm just saying this. All the people that die might not be at Winterfell. And there's a chance Euron, Cersei, Kyburn, um, the Mountain or whatever, you know, people, some of this few people, the Golden Company, you know, that guy with the face, Jamie 2.0, could die <laughs> too. So we could be seeing some of that stuff too. And this is a big episode. You know, this is a long episode. This is the longest episode of the season. I believe it's a hundred one hour and 23 minutes. They adjusted the runtime a couple of days ago. Um, mm. They could actually still be editing it. Um, and uh, it's amazing these days how they can literally edit the file and a second later start the show. You used to have to cut that tape, <clears throat> send it out to the satellite, right? Like you yep, don't have to do that to anymore, man. They can literally edit something an hour before it airs around the world. That's just incredible to me. Um, But we'll see. I like your predictions. I think it's going to be, I'm not prepared. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I'm not prepared for who's going to live and die because it's been a while since someone I cared about died. Really right. cared about, you know? Um, probably Hodor was the last character that died that I really actually wanted them to continue on the show. I really liked them. I didn't really care about Littlefinger and some of these other characters. So it was time. It yeah, was, it was time, time for exactly. A lot of those. So this is going to be kind of. I'm. I think I'm going to start. My heart's going to start beating about when those credits roll, and I'm going to be a little sweating through this episode, man. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. Speaking of awesome, I just got to give a shout out to our boy Ken coming back on the pod. It was so nice to hear Ken. And uh, wow, Ken, me and Axel have missed you for a long time. <laughs> and uh, it was so nice to, to hear that he's doing well and that he's you know into the thrones. And it was just editing and life that took him away. Uh, but it was so nice to have Ken back, man. Ugh. Ken, we love you and you're awesome. I just I had to throw that out there because unfortunately, oh, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing. Oh, I think you said, dude, like you were going to say something. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's been ten years of podcasting with you. I, um, <laughs> no, it's just it's just remarkable, and it's great to have him back. Um, yeah, man. I, so I, I unfortunately I I am going to be able to watch the show live. But uh, Bubba and Catfish from Joffrey Podcast are going to an Academy screening, so I will not be joining them uh, to pod on Sunday. So I'll be with Lady Solo, bungled up on the uh, recliners and probably puking my guts out, hoping no one dies. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. And I, have to, I was going to say, too, I had so many people just say, Ken is wonderful. I love listening to Ken and people that are new too that hadn't heard Ken before and they're not they haven't been waiting for him to come back for 5 years and they're just right. listening to the podcast and being like this guy's awesome so Ken we love you and he will be back on the show we've already talked about awesome. it without a doubt I hope before the end of the season I got to fit it in cuz we got so many of these different people coming on but he is Ken is just awesome and the way he you know, we we're talking about like with the Arya thing and people get upset about stuff online and it's just a TV show and we're having fun and Ken always has that empathy and that's what I love about him. He always looks at a mm -hmm. character, good or bad, or an opinion, good or bad, and he just opens himself to it first. Instead of first closing himself, he first opens himself um, and that takes strength in my mind. So Ken is a strong guy and he's awesome. And this weekend, actually on Sunday, my guest will be another great podcaster who I also love the way that he opens himself to things. And also, he has a background of covering battles and stuff, not only on Game of Thrones, but Spartacus. And that's Roberto. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Pot of Casts will be my guest co-host for the initial reaction. I can't wait. Not only does Roberto have the best voice in podcasting, in my opinion, I love listening to the dude. I love his show, uh, Pod of Cast. If you don't listen to it, Abe is fantastic. That dude's always diving into it. Roberto, they are both Portlanders like myself. It's going to be super fun. I want to thank Roberto for taking the time away from his family and life to come on the podcast with me on a Sunday night. 
and uh, it's just awesome solo. And I oh, now that I know that you're going to be home, I'm almost thinking of, can I also get in another initial reaction with solo? But I think maybe we'll just do one that <laughs> no. night. Yeah, just do one because you and Roberto will be able to cover it as much as I will want to get on emergency pod style. Um, I should probably save it for the deep dive because people don't don't want to hear me talking about the same thing over and over. So I like the variety. Well, I do, but that's just me solo. Yeah, well, well, we we have that bro mance going. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> that is true, baby. No, one of us can't die. We both have to live. Yeah. <laughs> Oh in. man, I can't wait for this episode, man. It's now with real quick with runtime. I noticed like you have runtime, but then there's sometimes like eight minutes of other stuff yeah. tacked on. They don't so adjust is it, it gonna be a full or they don't adjust it. They still do that. I mean it's much different, right? Because when ABC does a runtime, a show's gonna start at this time, it starts, it has the same number of commercials as any other hour long show, and it ends. So it's pretty uniform, right? But HBO mm-hmm. says the runtime is an hour and 23 minutes, but then you have five minutes of the commercials, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So when it eventually ends up on HBO Go, and you can kind of hold it down and see, they still add a couple commercials <laughs> for it. Yeah. So well, they have know. the inside the episode, too, yeah, at the end. I, so. I don't think they should call it runtime. I think that they should call yeah. it what, what like, as scheduled because it's different. Because even in film, runtime is different. It doesn't include credit. It doesn't include trailers. So it's a different thing. But either way, when I learned this from my wife, who's a research scientist, when you average it all out because it's all the same – you can still say, regardless, it's going to be a super long episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably about an hour and 15 minutes, maybe. Hour and 13 minutes with Game of Thrones time. (laughs) That's what my wife has taught me. After 10 years of marriage and 10 years of podcasting, that's what she's taught me. (laughs) That's it. I'm just kidding. She's taught me a lot more than that. But you get the point. It really works out anyway. And it is fun that... It, even if it's only five or ten minutes longer and you see that, don't you get a little happy? Yes. <laughs> of course. Because when you when you get into the forty seven minute range, you're yeah. like, Oh shit, it's almost done. It's almost done. Oh, don't don't I don't want it to end and you're like, Ooh, we have a little extra. Exactly. Exactly, man. It's Wait, hold on, hold minutes. hold on one second. No, Davos, I'm not going to the crypt. Jesus. <laughs> God, he's still after me going to the crypt. I know. I'm not dude. going to the no crypt. What do you think? A crypt is just a basement where you put dead people. It's a cemetery yeah. in a basement. Oh, wait. Davos is reacting. Oh, crap. Oh. You're not going to like what he's reacting to. Anyway. <laughs> all right. I got to go. I got to go schmooze up to him. All right. Well, listen. This has been a great show. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, we are going to be back later this week, or I'm going to be back doing a feedback show. Check the feeds, check our Twitter at pod, at Winterfell Pod, and find out when that's going to be. I might just uh, kind of surprise you with it, but definitely I'll be back on Sunday with Roberto from A Pod of Cast. And if you don't already subscribe to A Pod of Cast, go out and do that right now. He also has the best Twitter handle ever, Porto Geekin. Instead of Puerto Rican, get it? Puerto Geekin. I love it. Oh, I get it. Oh, my God. It's so awesome, dude. I'm telling you, I'm surprised people haven't offered him millions for that. 
Um, and then DJ Tim Hines is going to be back somehow on Monday. We're going to figure it out. We'll always give you a podcast if the YouTube thing doesn't work out. And we appreciate everyone who came on the YouTube show with DJ and who stopped by. And then Heath and I will be back next week to do this all over again. You are the best solo. I'll let you take us out. Remember, everyone, our watch begins and enjoy the episode. A lot may happen, stuff we don't want to see, but embrace it. It's been a long journey and it's bound to happen. But good things are ahead of us, though it might not be this week. But remember, kill some White Walkers and love your ladies and men. The end. Last man left, burn the dead. Dun-dun. Peace out.